Hey, Laganja, you are looking... Wow, look at your setup. <laughs> Actually, you can't look at your setup right now because this is the audio yeah. on the pre-show. If only oh. you could see. <laughs> That's right. Well, I'll, I can describe it for them if you prefer. Oh, yeah, oh my please God. do. Hold on, I have to take my, my hit of medication before I do this. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. <sighs> wow, um, this is ASMR in it. <laughs> that is a delicious sound. <laughs> for those <gasps> who don't know. Oh, my gosh. The ganja, I mean, literally. don't know what weed is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some people don't. Where, okay, that's well, where, they're missing out, honey. They're Cali missing out. Girls, so. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so for those who don't know, La Ganja, if you can't tell from the name, loves weed. So I thought that's that we right. would start there for the pre-show. Um, if you can just explain maybe your history with weed, why you love it, what you know, why do you promote it? And, you know, why should we all be smoking? <laughs> sure. Well, I don't believe we should all be smoking because I believe that cannabis is medicine. And like any other medicine, it's not for everyone. It doesn't work for everyone. So I can't, I can't get behind the, well, everyone should be smoking it, but I can say that 90, 90% of people should be smoking <laughs> it. Yeah. It works for most. It works for most. Um, and that, you know, it's just something that I've kind of discovered over my many years of being an activist. Um, and I chose this as a path because I felt like, you know, any good queen, whether they be a beauty queen, pageant queen, drag queen, you know, they always have a platform that is bigger than themselves, something that they can use their likelihood and really help promote. So I chose cannabis because it really, it did change my life. You know, I grew up in Texas where I was taught that this was a drug and that this was something that made you lazy and that would make you, you know, to forget your, you know, your little brother up from school, like you always see in the commercials. <laughs> right. So yeah. when I, when I discovered that, you know, all those PSAs were wrong and then it in fact, you know, not only helped me creatively as a choreographer, which is how I first began medicating, but also helped me with pain management, which, which is what basically happened once I got hurt in a dance piece in college I started seeing a chiropractor and he was the one who said I should get my medical license here in California. Cool. And that wow. really changed my perspective of the plant because up till then I saw it as a way to be creative, but I never saw it as a way to manage my physical pain or to regulate my sleeping and eating cycles, which it does. So, um, you know, pretty much from that point on, once I got my medical card, which known as Proposition 215 or the Compassionate Act, which is something that the LGBTQAI plus community founded. Uh, when their brothers and sisters were experiencing HIV and AIDS, they were the one. They were the community that legalized cannabis and got it to be med medically recognized. Oh. So I do also feel like a huge, um, a huge lineage. I, I'm living out something that many, many queer people before me fought for, and that's why I'm, you know, choosing to to live this way and to to do it fabulously. Wow, wow. I didn't know that. I actually did had no idea. Yeah, a lot of people, even those who live in California, have no idea that, you know, the fact we now have recreational marijuana, it's it's all in due to, to the community that fought for it to get it medically recognized. And uh, that's why it was known as the Compassionate Act, because it was about the community being compassionate to one another, uh, which I think is really beautiful. And, you know, I've always been very vocal about not going recreational. I think that we should be federally recognized as a medical industry, first and foremost, before we begin making it available for companies like Coca-Cola to come in and buy out and dilute the message. 
but you know, people want to make a fast buck. And I do think access to medicine is incredible. I just wish the education part was coming along with it because if we don't change the stigma, then this will become a drug and it will become something that people abuse, allow to become a gateway. Uh, and I don't want to see that because this plant is so special and so integral to my being. I mean, truly, it's, you know, uh, what it's is the it? Name. 12 o'clock <laughs> over here and I'm over here rolling up right after a giant dab. So, you know, it's, it's very integrated into what I do. And it, in fact, makes me more active. You know, so many people think, oh, well, if you smoke cannabis, you must be lazy. But if anyone follows me, they know I am one of the hardest working queens out there. So, Wow. wow. So you don't and- think that it should be recreational? I do. I just think before we go recreational, we need to recognize it across state lines as a medicine Mm. and it be offered as a medicine first and foremost. Because as much as I think it's great for everyone to use it, there are patients, cancer patients, epilepsy patients, people who really need access to this medicine. And when we go recreational and we up the taxes and we up the prices and there's no option to even be medical in the state, you're really hurting those people who need this access to the medicine. Um, So that's, that's ultimately why, I mean, of course I want us to be recreational. I want anywhere for me to fly for me, not to have to see a drug dealer again. I mean, I'm lucky (laughs) I'm the ganja. So the weed pretty much comes to me, but you know, uh, I don't, I don't prefer working with drug dealers. You know, I, I like going to the store and feeling safe and being able to talk to someone who's really educated on the plants. And, you know, I think that is moving forward. Of course, I love the trap community and I'm not, hating on them. I mean, I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for that community. You know, all of the cannabis I bought in Texas was illegal. So mm-hmm. I, I do think the traditional market, notice I didn't say black market, the traditional market mm-hmm. is still incredible and, and does have a place. But I think if we could create an industry where we could include those people instead of running them off or buying them out, we would, we would really be bringing together um, a collective that I think could create a great landscape for people to a help their ailments and b be a better person. Wow. Very cool. I just have to say you are incredibly well spoken. And well, thank you. <laughs> especially, I think that's a funny thing. I got my BFA in dance and choreography, so I think people are always shocked to see that I have a mouth on me. But you know, part of my <laughs> education was writing papers and and talking about dance history and you know, really uh, expanding our vocabulary as artists. So when Mm. given the opportunity like this to present ourselves, we could present ourselves in the best light. And that's why I always, you know, I push education because I would not be able to speak as eloquently if I did not go to school, if I did not have parents who pushed, you know, the importance of literature and and being well-spoken. So I'm very proud to be that way because everyone always thinks I'm, yes, God, no current. You know, that's what you saw on TV six years ago, Mama. There's been a, a lot of growth since then. I can see it already. Um, but, okay, do you think we should get into our normal yeah. show? Are we ready? Okay, totally. great. Amy. Hey, Jack. I'm gay. Oh my God, that is so funny. I'm also gay, I was going to tell you. Wait, really? Yeah. You're listening to Dating Straight. Hey, Amy. Hey, Jack. Hey, Laganja Estranja. What's up, guys? Are we feeling straight today? Never. Absolutely (laughs) not. not. Never. (laughs) (laughs) Um, For those of you who are watching on YouTube, we just did an amazing pre-show, which is, I mean, first of all, it was really interesting. It's all about weed. Laganja has amazing info and yeah a bunch of stuff that i had no idea about and like really opened my mind about 
weed and how we use it. And you must listen. So go listen on the podcast app or wherever you listen to podcasts. Absolutely, honey. Let's destigmatize one joint at a time. Absolutely. <laughs> and feel free to pass me that when you're when you have a second. <laughs> I do have to give a shout out to my friend Nick Metos, whose papers I'm using today. They are so gorgeous. He's a makeup artist, which is why the lip print is on there. But he's also got the Greek key because he's Greek. And as you can tell, I love my Versace Greek keys. So <laughs> cheers to you guys. Thank you for having me. I can't wait to kiki with you. Oh, my God. We are so excited that you are here. Really. You are a riot. And also seem like a great person as well. So, well, thank you. I love that we're both in this matching black and white vibe. I feel like we, we've, we're we off to a good start. Yeah. Sorry, Amy. <laughs> yeah, wow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I'll go. You got white on, Mama. If you took the little cardigan off, you'd be in the color scheme. Ooh. No, no. You're making me want to smoke on. weed right now. She's like, it's cold. Yeah. My arms. <laughs> Put the air on for this. <laughs> you are making me want to smoke weed. It is right over there. Do you there. not have any with you? I do, but... <laughs> it's out of reach. Well, it'll, isn't it'll take... it okay. illegal in the state of New York? Oh no, it's like it's... decriminalized. Oh. So what so are yes, they going to do? Answer your to question. Me? It is still illegal, basically. Oh. Yeah, there's not real laws protecting smokers. I think you can still get fined. Correct. I think you can get fined in person. Like I don't think online it really matters. No. Like in your home, I think it's but fine. It... But in public. If they catch you, well, you can get fined. And in and, and your home, you're not fine if you're renting because then the renters make the rule. And that's true even out here in California where it is oh. recreational and legal. Mm. So yeah, the, the the renters actually, or not the renters, the what's the person whoever's in charge? The landlords. They're the ones who can decide whether you're allowed to smoke in that facility or not, which is totally fucked up. I mean, it's like it's so legal here. So then it's like you get it and you can't smoke it in home and you can't smoke it on the street. So where are you supposed to smoke it? You can't smoke it in your cars because then you can get a DUI. So there's a lot of gray areas with cannabis still left, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, if you want to hear more about that um, weed in general, make sure to listen to the pre-show. It was really awesome. Um, so, but let's um, move right on into the main episode. So, oh, before we go on, rate, review, subscribe, rate five stars on the podcast app. Laganja, if you were leaving a review of our show right now, what would it say? <laughs> <laughs> It would say, yes, God, Mama, you better tune in. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, God, Mama. Okay. Um, so make sure to subscribe and also check out our Patreon. We make new... We do new ep- or extra <laughs> yeah, episodes. I love that you forget never, every time. I every time. We do, do a bunch of crap on Patreon. So go and listen yes. and enjoy. Well, it sounds like you guys have been busy then. We are. Girl, we You don't even know. So yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Last week, um, we, like, went through some stuff. <laughs> it was a lot. We got, actually, it's a lot of platforms to manage, right? Yeah. Seriously. Yes. There's a lot of responsibility. I'm sure you know that. Um, yeah, no, I haven't done Patreon for that reason. I'm like, I got to give gifts every week. Oh, no, girl. <laughs> my art my art is my gift, love. You either like it or you don't, okay? Thumbs up or thumbs down. It's as simple as that with me. <laughs> um, so what we're going to start, what we're going to do is usually we just do like a weekly catch up just to catch the viewers up on what's going on in our lives. And then if you have a catch up, you're more than welcome to share that as well. Um, Amy, you want to go first? Yeah, totally. Okay, I actually want to get 
um, perspectives on this because I spoke to Jack a little bit about that last night. We had like a heated debate. So <laughs> no, what are you talking about? That is not true. So basically, I went to Trader Joe's, which is you know my grocery store of choice, and I was checking out, and there was a guy there checking me out, the cashier, and I had in my hand a sunflower buttercup, which is like a peanut butter cup with sunflower butter. And anyway, <laughs> so I'm checking out. We're talking about it. He's like, "That's delicious." So I was like, "Good, I'm buying it." And he was like, "Can I buy it for you?" And then I was like, "Sorry, sir. Oh, also, I'm a lesbian. I don't know if you know that word, gay. That's why it's called dating straight. I don't know why." <laughs> Me, I know. I know that. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Cool. Good. Um, I do my research too, doll. Oh, good. Okay, Listen, well, not you'd be does. surprised. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, honey, if they if they thought either one of you were straight, they're higher than me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Okay, good. Um, so he was like, "Can I buy it for you?" And I was like, "I'm sorry, sorry. I don't think I understand what you're saying. Like masks, haha. They're so crazy, right? I don't get it." <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, haha, masks." And then he was like, "You're so beautiful." something something and I was like no do not do that stop stop that now and then he like finished checking me out and then I looked on the receipt and he didn't even buy the sunflower on a cup for me <laughs> so I was like what was this chivalry is dead and it was 99 cents also didn't even <laughs> buy it so anyway, I feel like don't flout with a customer in the workplace when she can't even like, you know, I was cornered. I could I had to talk to him. Hmm. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm dramatic. Is that what is that what the laugh is? <laughs> no, I'm just thinking you went from being like it was a very busy week to summating it to a sunflower cup. So I don't know. I just I didn't quite follow that connection. If that's your biggest no, like, that's crazy not why thing. the like, week like, was okay, busy. Like a good week. <laughs> that's not why the week was busy. That was just like a standout moment where I was like, I don't want men to fly with me unless it's Jack. Oh, that's oh. so sweet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so the question that we have, I guess, because I was saying, I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with flirting on the job. I was telling Amy this. Um, and then also my roommate also kind of agreed with me. So we wanted to get your take on, you know, does it matter if you're the employee versus if you're the shopper? And what do you think about flirting while working? Well, I am going to have to disagree with you. I'm so sorry. I am all about professionalism that I was raised Thank in musical you. theater with the the saying of, you know, you're on time, you're late, you're late, you're fired. Or actually, if you're early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late. And if you're late, you're fired. So I just have that in my blood, this um, professionalism. I'm. It's one of the things that I really like pride myself on and not to get too deep, but like basically when I was an alcoholic and... Um, so when I became an alcoholic, it really started to affect my professionalism. And that's honestly what got me sober when I realized that my professionalism was at stake. So I have to just disagree and say that when you're on the job, I don't think it's professional to flirt with someone. I mean, if it's the most beautiful person you've ever seen in your life and you feel this deep connection, like we're going to get married, then like, I think that always will override any sort of rule of life. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think if you feel like you see your, your, your mate, your person, um, nothing should stop you from saying that. But I think there's a professional way of saying that, you know, here's my business card. I find you very beautiful. I don't know. It's, 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 it's a touchy situation because if I was an employer and then one of my employees 
was flirting and then that made the guest uncomfortable, I'm going to have to, of course, always agree with the guest in that situation because yeah, that's just not professional to flirt on the job. So I don't know. That's, I have to, I have to disagree, I guess. Sorry, boo. I gotta go. <laughs> I no, think, okay. I gotta I go on the other side. I gotta go on the other exactly side. Exactly what Amy wants to hear. Yeah, it totally is. Thank you for saying that. But I think that <laughs> if, if when he offered to buy me the sunflower bug cup, if I was like, yes, like give me that sunflower, you know, I didn't give him any vibes to keep going. Do you know what I mean? In fact, I was like, what are you saying? <laughs> what are you talking about? So it, it would be different if the vibes were there, but the vibes, in my opinion, were not there. And so I now with your situation specifically, mm-hmm. how was he inappropriate? Because he kept pushing no, the sunflower cup? No, I don't oh. think he was inappropriate. I was just, I guess like, I was just like, you're on the job. Like, leave me alone. I don't know. And he stopped, obviously, when I was like, what? Stop doing that. Stop it. He did stop. So that's like a win. I don't know. I feel like we were also talking about like, it it would be different if it was a woman because men are threatening. (laughs) But also, I only feel that because I'm a woman. I don't know. Yeah. Right. Well, I think women, and I don't know this. I'm not one I can't truly say, but I think women a lot of times are not interested in receiving attention from men when it is not wanted. Yeah. You know, like at least I've heard that from my girlfriends several times where it's like, I'm always like, oh, I would love to get catcalled. And they're like, no, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. Because when you don't want that type of attention, it doesn't feel good. Now, I don't ever get catcalled when, unless I'm on stage taking my clothes off. And then in which case, <laughs> she's catcalled. Um, but, you know, like I would love to be walking across the street and have a man whistle at me and say I'm fine. But that's because that hasn't really happened to me in my life. And I think as women, when that happens to you over and over, you begin to, I don't know how you feel, but from what I'm seeing and hearing from my friends, I think it's a feeling of like, that it's not respect. It's not respectful anymore to flirt with them mm-hmm. without permission period. Mm -hmm. So, you know, maybe I think that's what you were feeling too. And and that's why I just say when you're in a professional environment, relationships that are not professional just don't have a place. I really, you know, I work with some of my best friends and when we work together, yes, we have fun. Yes, we have a good time, but we do enter a different side of our relationship. And that is keeping it professional, working and following the guidelines of the industry, you know? So I don't know. I just think at the end of the day, also though, it's like it's a buttercup. He wasn't trying to hurt you. No, so I, like, know, I, I know. Have, I have. I have both sides. Yeah. I'm not trying to side he didn't to one side. Even but I buy just think, it though. Well, that's crazy, <laughs> right? It. But Prove you it. said no. You said no. I didn't so say no said, to buy the buttercup. I said what? <laughs> <laughs> well, then that's mixed signals. Mm. So you know, maybe he read that as a no, and that's why he didn't buy mm, the buttercup. Good. Yeah. Because he was trying to be respectful. Yeah, no, no, I, it's a win. I All I know is who is this guy? Because I would love to get bought a buttercup, baby. It was 99 cents, the ganja. You can buy a buttercup. <laughs> it's, not the, it's not the amount, it's the thought. Mm-hmm. I agree. See, the, I think also the reason that I'm on the other side is because I fantasize about um, like hooking up slash dating a Trader Joe's employee every time I walk in there. <laughs> not because if you're not all... interested in them. Spoken like a true queer. <laughs> <laughs> but they're all, like, the men who work there are usually, like, interesting, queer-looking, like, um, <laughs> hipsters with mustaches, you know? Like, which is, like, exactly to the T, my type. You just described um, yourself. Uh, you know, you know, <laughs> is, don't they say, like, you want to, what is the saying? It's like, what, what the fuck? I don't know. I'm I not don't know high, what you're but saying. I feel 
high. <laughs> you feel the high like, vibes through the like, screen. I like it. What you what you put out into the world, you receive. You know what I mean? Sure. Like sure. that's what I'm doing. I'm like, all right, if I want a man with a mustache, <laughs> let's manifest it through myself, through my mm-hmm. daily life. So interesting. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, that was... I would have to like change my race, get a million tattoos, take up like <laughs> motorcycling to like really, you know, attract what I want. So, gosh, I guess I'm doing it wrong over here. No wonder I'm single. I. <laughs> it's all right. I think. I'm probably just turning Brother into like a Brooklyn gay. Oh my yeah. god! <laughs> um, Don't be ashamed of being a Brooklyn gay. Brooklyn gays are the best. I love Brooklyn gays. Thank the you. artists, the weirdos, the creators. Um, I have a great little family in Brooklyn. So shout out to my Brooklyn gays. I love you. I don't think there's nothing wrong with coming a Brooklyn gay or becoming a San Francisco gay. I hope to be one of those. <laughs> Amen. Um, <laughs> Thank you so much, Dipsy, for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. So with a change in routine, which we all have had, it's really easy to forget to check in on yourself. Mm -hmm. But Dipsy can help. It's an audio app full of short, sexy stories designed to turn you on and to help you get in touch with yourself. Mm -hmm. The stories are relatable and immersive, so you feel like you're right there. And they really also have something for everyone. Absolutely. They add new content every week. So there's always something new for you to explore. Find stories about a spontaneous hookup with a stranger or getting close (gasps) to that yoga teacher that you think is fine. Or I don't know. I have a crush on firefighters in general, like (laughs) yummy. Um, So yeah, there's always more stories. You could even find a story about trying that new toy or getting tied up if you're, you know, freaky um and also they have wellness sessions that can help you unlock new confidence um or heighten intimacy with your partner so it's not just a single thing it can be for you and your bae um and yeah they add new stories every single week and you should spice up your life with dipsy today so for listeners of the show Dipsy is offering a 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash straight. That's a 30-day free trial when you go to Dipsy, that's D-I-P-S-E-A, stories.com slash straight. Again, that is dipsystories.com slash straight. Thanks, Dipsy. Okay, so for my catch-up, mine's probably a little shorter. Last episode, (laughs) we had, or no, not last episode, some episodes ago, we had on Monique Hart, and she just had a song come out with this guy named Jordy, and it turned out that Jordy and I have spoken on Tinder many times, and so I told Monique, and Monique told him, and then he slid into my DMs (laughs) um, and asked me to hang out, and... I was like, I just moved to New York City, so obviously I can't. But I was like, okay, like I still got it. Like <laughs> they want me, you know. So that's it. Okay. Yay, yeah. What a fun story for you. <laughs> Th- thanks, Monique. I hope to- I know. Isn't she the best? Mm-hmm. She's the best. We've smoked together many a time. <laughs> I would love to be there for that. <laughs> yeah. She's a good time gal. I love her. Um yeah, so Laganja, what's anything up in your week that you need to get off your chest? So is it always love? Hold on, I'm pinning my hair back because my hair is getting so long and I hate when it pokes out on the sides. Okay. Um, so does it have to be love related? It doesn't have to um, be. No. But it can be if you want. I was about to- 
I was about to say, because you've picked the wrong guest. Unless you want me to like talk about the love of my sweet little dog who's going to growl at me. I know. She was sleeping. Oh, no. She was sleeping. Come here. Be sweet. Be sweet to you. Oh. Yes, that's a good angel. So I have lots of love for her. So we have lots of um, weekly cuddle fest when she's not biting me and I'm waking her up from her naps. Um, You want to sit in my lap? Come sit in my lap. Come on. She's like, well, hell, if you're going to wake me up, yeah, let me be a part of it. Um, but no, I had a very busy week. I filmed a very exciting YouTube series um, with a very big company that I can't like say the name of yet legally. But it's really exciting. And I can tell you that it is partly animated. So that's really oh, cool. Very cool. Um, and I did like a million things. I do a million things every week. I did a giveaway with my incredible friend, Josetti who is a Peruvian artist who lives here in Los Angeles now and is an incredible beauty artist. I don't want to say influencer. She's a beauty artist. And, um, you know, I've actually fallen really in love with her, to be quite honest. She's a really good friend, and we're both Capricorns, extremely professional, <laughs> work very hard. So we, we just get each other, and we actually started a new weekly series called Transformation Thursdays. So every Thursday on my YouTube app, you guessed it, 420. Oh my god. I drop a new episode with her. Um, and then of course I also have a Monday series that I'm always working on too called Muse Me Mondays, which is with my best friend Robert, who again, lots of love there. You know, I think I am single and that does sometimes get very lonely, but ultimately I'm surrounded by so much love with my friends that um I kind of don't miss having a partner all the time, especially mm-hmm. because I have a dog too to cuddle at night. It's like I'm Gucci, really. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm just I'm very active. I'm very, very active. Like today after I finish this podcast, I'm actually meeting up with Josetti, going to this incredible beauty uh bar called Pixie here in Los Angeles. We're doing a whole YouTube video for that. Um, so like I've just every day, there's always something I'm always pumping out new content because for me during quarantine, it's, it's been about staying inspired, right? It's mm-hmm. been about, yeah. um, you know, not allowing all of the exterior stuff to get me down. So Amen. that's how I got through my week. <laughs> <laughs> yes. God, mama in the words of, Oh, <laughs> um, well, that's great. It sounds like we're all single. Thriving. Yeah. Okay. But what? Why are they? Are I they like not, that we, much better. We're all single. <laughs> That's what I took away from that. Are they not mutually exclusive? Or wait, are they mutually exclusive? They're not what, single like, and thriving. Yeah. Why can't we? You know, both you can, answers you are can true. Be, yeah. Both are, are true. Both. Yeah. Yeah. And we have a sun butter cup in our midst. So oh, like, I ate it. It's gone. <laughs> <laughs> um. Very cool. Okay. So. Now that we have caught up, gotten to know each other a little bit, we did want to dive into um, just like starting from the beginning of Laganja and like, you know, we are most interested. Amy and I love fame, <laughs> but so like, <laughs> so like when you, you know, entered Drag Race, it must have been, it's a big platform and like you are a performer at heart and you entered the workroom and you like commanded attention. And so how, what are like your proudest moments from that? And then we'll get into, yeah, just like what drag race has been like for you. Okay. So what was my proudest moment on drag race is the question. Yeah. Yeah. And like, are you happy with it? And you know, looking back. Um, well, I had many proud moments on that show. 
um, you know, when you're doing the show, it's very different than when you're watching the show. When you're doing the show, it feels one way. And then when you're reliving it through an edited eye, uh, it's another, right? So mm-hmm. in my mind, the the two things are kind of separated, right? Because there's the experience I had and then there's what happened afterwards. Mm-hmm. So the experience that I had was intense, absolutely. And it was traumatic for sure. But overall, it was magical. I mean, I got to be a character that I had created just one year before and play in wigs and gigs. And (laughs) yes, it was stressful. And yes, I was in drag for sometimes up to eight hours a day, which is very intense for me as someone who tucks fully like on my genitals with tape. And during the show, I was actually padding, which I don't do normally. I didn't do it before the show and I definitely don't do it now. Um, But I did it for the show because I know how drag fans are and they want that classic woman shape. So I'm wearing a couch. I'm fully tucked in heels for eight hours. I mean, and you want to like ask someone, did you have a positive experience? It's like, well, ma, I was going through like boot camp, you know? So it was intense. You know, that's really what I walk away from is it was, it was truly intense, which is why when people are like, why don't you go back? Don't you want to do all stars? It's like, well, it's like asking someone who survives a war. Do you want to go back to war again? It's like, not really. You know, I had the experience. Um, I rode the wave. It was incredible. Um, but I'm looking to have other experiences because I know ultimately for me being in that environment in that competitive land where you're in a pressure cooker, it just doesn't work for me. You know, I've made some of the best art in my life in quarantine because I've had space. I've had time. I haven't had a bunch of people watching the Mm -hmm. cameras are on when I choose to go live and when I choose and so that's the kind of environment I need. I need to be around a bunch of love and pot smoking and like, <laughs> I can't, I can't be forced to do drag in two hours and then get out there and perform better than I ever have. That's just, right. that's not how I work. You know, uh, some people do incredibly well under that, as we saw on that season and have continued to see season after season. But, you know, there are just some sensitive little souls out there like myself <laughs> who that just doesn't really work, you know? Mm-hmm. And so instead of, uh, put myself in that situation. I've just chose to always love and support the brand, but by not being on it, you know? Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's sort of what I was going to say is about the aftermath. So the aftermath was actually much more intense than the actual process because the process, as I said, still had moments of fun and I was, you know, experiencing new girls and there was, you know, great moments of excitement, which not to say there wasn't afterward, but afterward was really clouded by the negative attention I got from people online. Mm-hmm. And I think over the years, we've seen that progress, which yeah. makes me very thankful. Like back then, you know, the worst thing I faced was someone made a video about my father giving me HIV, which is just, I mean, totally false. But like, what that was fuck? something that I dealt with. And my father saw it. And that was just, you know, it was very hard and difficult. But like now girls are being told to kill themselves. So I'm really lucky that it wasn't that bad. Um, but that being said, you know, it's just it's so sad to see drag fans act like that. I really don't understand it because the whole message of the show is, is to love. And I get it. We all have Queens we don't like, but to be so negative and so mean online, it just doesn't, it doesn't, um, what's the word compute. I don't see how those two things go hand in hand. And I know there's a lot of younger straight people who are watching the show, but I don't think of 13 year old girls as, mean i mean they're mean to each other but like mean to people online i'm just like no we're we're like they're you know they love the drag queen so it's like i just haven't figured out why that's happening but 
That's a whole yeah. nother tangent. As you see, I can go on many tangents with just one question, Mama. <laughs> no. she's, she's a mouthful. She's a mouthful. But um, I would just say that the, the aftermath, you know, it was intense. And until I got sober, you know, I got sober for three years um, and everything changed for me. Like I said, I became so professional, so focused. Um, and, you know, I'm just grateful. I feel like everything that happened happened for a reason. I really believe in that. I really believe in there's no mistakes. And it's all about what you can take away from the experience and learn. And I just think had I not had that crazy roller coaster ride, I wouldn't be able to like have this conversation today. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be able to speak with this confidence and speak with the eloquence. You know, I learned because I'm, I fumbled the ball on national television in front of everyone. I mean, it's the first and only time I've had a panic attack in my life. So, you know, it was, it was crazy. But it made me who I am. And I think um, for that, I'll just always be so grateful of my experiences. And that's why I support the brand and love RuPaul's Drag Race. Because even though it wasn't for me, it's not something I want to do. I love it. And I'm so glad there are other crazier, more brave people than me who are like, well, I don't care. I'll do it. You know, because I love watching them and I love being a part of it. And it's one of my biggest, if not the biggest so far And in my life accomplishments. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that I don't look at it with negative or harbor bad feelings towards it because it could be easy for me to do that. There are many queens you see who get really damaged by the show. And instead of seeing the bigger picture, attack World of Wonder, attack the show. Mm -hmm. And trust me, there have been times I've wanted to and World (laughs) of Wonder and I have, we've had a relationship, you know, I'm sure I'm not their favorite, but there is an understanding and there is a respect there because they know ultimately it's just not something mentally I'm built for. Mm -hmm. And I learned that, you know, I did. Mm -hmm. So you think you can dance afterwards and people were like, well, you said you'd never do reality television again. And you're right. I did say that. But the difference is with, so you think you can dance. It was about my talent. It wasn't how fabulous I looked, how funny I was how I interacted with other queens, what guest judges thought. No, it was about how well my toes were pointed, how well that education I spent, my parents spent $50,000 a year on um, was. And that's it. It was just me and my talent. And so, of course, I loved that. Of course, I thrived in that. And that's why, you know, I want to be on Dancing with the Stars with the oh, new Tyra Banks. I think oh, I would be... That would be iconic. You know, perfect, Yeah, right? that would be God. so good. So, oh my you know, God. I, I haven't given up on reality television. I've just learned if I want to do that and I want to be in a competitive realm, it has to be in what I do. And what I do is dance. Mm-hmm. Wow. I also feel like maybe Drag Race has a larger focus on like the drama aspect of it. And I feel like, do they shoot for longer than if you were on Dancing with the Stars because you're like dancing a lot. Does that make sense? Every shoe, every shoe, every show shoots more than they need. Every show, even um, So You Think You Can Dance. We did so many intros and outros that never see the light of day. And they've shot these for years and years and years and never use them, but they still shoot them. Mm -hmm. So yes, to answer (laughs) your question, all television shows, especially reality, are shooting constantly Mm -hmm. because there's so many variables, right? That are undetermined. Yes, they may script things. Yes, they may write for this certain person to win and da, 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 but there's always things they can't plan for. And that's what makes reality television so fun. So there, there is that element of organization, but um, I don't know. What was the point of this question? Oh, it was just maybe they're like shooting for like, I feel like- Oh, the drama aspect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, of course. The, again, when RuPaul's Drag Race started, if you go back and you look at season one, There is drama, but that isn't the focus, Mm -hmm. right? It's more about Angina's struggle as someone with HIV 
and how these queer people are, you know, powerful icons in our industry and why we should respect them. But over the years, it gets more dramatic. And why Mm -hmm. do you think that is? Because that's what the audience wanted. Mm -hmm. And so that's what the television show gave them. And that's why I think if people, instead of being hateful and showing more fuel to the flame by, by being negative with contestants after the show, and they actually said, we don't like this, this doesn't feel good, you know, and, and, and took that same, you know, fire, but spit it the other way, we might see a change on the show. But for right now, people love drama. That's what people want to see. And as sad as it is, it's just the truth. And you can't blame the show for giving people what they want. Mm. I mean you know, of course they're responsible. Of course it is up to them at some point to just say like, okay, we've gone too far. But um, I just think at the end of the day, as someone who's in the industry, I see how this game works mm-hmm. and you have to give people what they want. And trust me, as someone who is currently fighting that right now, in fact, I'm like over on my Instagram, like, hey, should I change my name to Jay? And people are like, no. And I'm like, why? <laughs> you know, but I am, I'm trying to fight against it because it, I do have that luxury. Mm-hmm. I'm not a world of wonder. I'm not a huge company that's employed. It is me. So if I want to change my story, I can and I am, you know? Yeah. Do you think that World of Wanda went too far with your drama on the show? Oof, what a weighted question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, in my heart of hearts, I really don't. I really don't. Mm -hmm. I mean, did it hurt? Did it suck? It did. But I signed up for that. And I may have not known what I was signing up yeah, for. Yeah, how could you? But but I did sign up for it. And they didn't do anything that isn't their job. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're supposed to push us. They're supposed to push other contestants to confront us. That's their job. Sure. Um, so, you know, I don't. I really don't think they went too far because I don't even know what they did. I mean... I've talked to Bianca years later and she says, no, girl, they didn't tell me to, 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 to you know, confront you like that. I did that. I chose to do that, mm-hmm. you know? So I don't think it's their, well, it is their fault. Of course, they, they designed <laughs> that. They designed it. But, but I don't think it was too far. You know, I watch shows like Unreal um, where they take away their medication. Wow. And, you know, that is what? something that I've been That's very insane. strong. And, and I've been very unreal as a, it's a fake show, but it talks about reality. Yeah, television. It's like about the bachelor. I don't know if they really, I don't know if they really do that on the bachelor, but I would, I would tend to believe maybe that is true. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are plenty of people who are pushing boundaries and getting their people so drunk so that they act crazy. World yes. of Wonder doesn't do that. Yeah. You know, they would only serve us two cocktails because they discovered earlier on in seasons that allowing the girls to drink with open arms was not good. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, something though that I have been open about, of course, is the fact that I wasn't allowed to medicate with cannabis while through the process. Um, and that is something that I think they went too far on. You know, I, I wished that they, or see, and I don't know if it's them or if it's the television show, right. That makes those rules Mm -hmm. for what is allowed, because I'm sure, especially at the time I competed, even though it was legal, it was still considered a drug, across state lines. So again, mm-hmm. it goes back to why I think we should be federally recognized. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, end of the story is, I know they're not the only production company that doesn't allow cannabis. This is quite common because it isn't recognized as a medicine. Right. So, you know, um, I've definitely been open about that. And I think that's maybe why we're all in a world of wonder and I have had some issues. Um, you know, I can't confirm or deny if they allow their contestants to smoke <laughs> cannabis. <but laughs> no one else... 
No one else has come forward and complained about that. Mm, so okay. I would say, you know, at the end of the day, they got our backs. And, you know, I'm thrilled to still be a part of their family. And I think that, you know, um, I would not be here today if it wasn't for World of Wonder and if it wasn't for Drag Race. Sure. And any girl who's been on that show and ignores that is lying to themselves. They're mm. lying to themselves. That show catapults us into the world. And for that, I just think is unbelievable. And if I were to have any disagreements or things, that's because I'm a human, but I'm mm -hmm. smart enough and I'm well-hearted enough to know that their intentions are in the right place. What they're trying to do for us does help us at large. And ultimately it is up to the individual to take what they give you and your experience on there and take care of yourself, mm -hmm. you know? And that's why I did enroll in therapy after the show. And that's why I did get the help I needed and got sober and did all those things because it wasn't really up to them. Mm -hmm. You know, it was up to me to do that. And, uh, I think because I've acknowledged that, you know, we've kept a good relationship. I mean, I have a show with them called Puff Puff Sessions. Very cool. You know, I'm, I think I was name dropped like three or four times in this last all star. So all the you time know, you're I iconic. They, yeah. I think they really love me and they just respect that I can't do the show and it's not because I don't want to. I'd love to go back and be an all-star and make everyone happy, but <laughs> I just can't put my my health at risk like that. Absolutely. Yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I mean, especially, like, I feel like you, I can tell, I'm sure you would say the same, that you've done a lot of growing, like, since your first season. Like, back then, not only by, I'm sure, fans, but also by contestants, like, you were accused of, like, not being yourself on television, and yet, here you stand, I feel like on our podcast being like so vulnerable. So what do you make of that? Like, how did that growth happen? And what do you look back upon Laganja from, was it season six? Like, what do you look at her and think, you know? I think what a badass bitch. Oh, man. I just think I have constantly put myself in the face of rejection. And been rejected over and over and continue to just be like, fuck it. One day you guys are going to see and one day you're all going to be smoking the same shit I'm smoking, <laughs> talking about that bitch was badass the whole time and we just didn't get it and we just didn't see it. And ultimately, I just, I believe in myself. I know what I, I know what I have to offer is special. And I think so many people have that. We all have something special to offer. We really do. But we have to allow ourselves to see that. And after spending so many years of believing all the negative things that people thought of me, I just finally decided like, no, mm -hmm. it's not true. And just because that's what you see and just because I have a love of Black culture and was ignorant and didn't know the right way to say it or express it doesn't mean that I am appropriating and I don't have any cares. But for so long, you see, I believe that. For so long, I stopped wearing braids. For so long... You know, I didn't talk about the death drop, but now, especially with BLM and everything, I'm being so open and honest and just saying, look, I messed up. I didn't know. I didn't have the proper education and that was wrong of me, but I went out and I got it and I learned that the terminology for this term is dip. And by God, I'm going to include that in every interview I do because I appreciate ballroom culture so much. It has inspired me to be the fabulous, fierce queen that I am. And, uh, I just think people are so afraid these days to make mistakes because we want to be perfect. We want to be the most liked. We want to be famous, you know? But at the end of the day, that isn't what we really want. What we want is love. And the way we get love is by giving love. And so 
I just hope I can inspire people to do that more. You are inspiring. You, really are. you like make me want to cry. I know. I think you just like know it feels like you know who you are so well. And that's very inspiring to me. Yeah. Th- through the through the struggle, you have to really get in touch with who you are because that's the only way to pull yourself out of rock bottom is to is to love yourself. I mean, I know it sounds cheesy, but you know, it's one of the greatest things I've learned from RuPaul. If you cannot love yourself, you cannot love anyone else. And I fucking love myself. I know it seems crazy because I'm crying and I'm... No, it's because no. I'm just vulnerable. very emotional. Yeah. And, you know, it's just... The most important... So many, so many people won't do this. So many people won't really sit down on a podcast and just be fucking real. They'll yeah. give you the taglines. They'll give you all the things. And yes. that's great. And I get that. But that's not going to change the world. That's not going to, like help anyone. And as a drag queen, I think that's our biggest responsibility. It is to be the leaders of the LGBTQ community. And I want to lead people. I have a voice. I have the education. I have the talent. And I want people to see all of that. And so you have to be real. You have to show people that this is hard. It sucks. And when I make a new series that only 32 people are watching live every Monday, it sucks because it makes you feel like you're a failure. But at the end of the day, I'm changing 32 people's lives. And those 32 people are going to come and listen to this podcast and so on and so on and so on. And so you just have to see bigger picture with everything. And and that's how I live my life. Yeah, there's shit that sucks. Yeah, there's things in the world that are wrong, but we can change it. We can vote. We can talk about BLM. We can donate. We can We can be the real individuals that we were put here on earth to be. But we have to want it and we have to have the education and then we have to actually put it into action. So that's where I am. I'm finally at that point in my life where I'm putting into action everything that I've learned and and been practicing. And so that's what you're seeing. Wow. It's intense. It's, I mean, (laughs) yeah. I'm an intense person for sure. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I mean. No, it's beautiful. I can tell also like, yeah, like, like you said, like, there's trauma and there's like learning from this whole experience. And like, Mm -hmm. clearly it has shaped you into Mm -hmm. this person. And it must be crazy to be able to actually like see that progression on TV and like throughout this timeline. Um, It's just very inspiring. I I am very inspired by you. Well, thank you. I mean, it is cool to see it on TV, but it's, it's so much cooler to feel it. Um, and to not need to see it to know it's real. Mm-hmm. And again, I think, you know, with Instagram, it's like, well, if there's no picture, did it really happen? Um, and so much of my growth has just been inside. Yeah. And that's, it's even more powerful than fame. And that's why it's like, I loved when you guys said that at the beginning, but also my heart broke because as someone who <sighs> is working so hard to become famous, like, it's, what is it? I know so many famous people who are so sad. They're so rich, but they are so sad. <laughs> and so I just think like we've got to destigmatize fame and what this whole idea means because I want people to be famous because they're good people, because their art is cool. And not because like, you know, I don't know, they made a product and the product is really good and they're flashy. And so, oh, now I'm being shady, but you know, I'm just saying, I just wish. Name them. I just, we I, know who I you're just, talking about. I had to throw a little shade in there. You know, I'm gay after all. I know. Uh, you're no, I just, I just wish that there was more focus on being kind, being vulnerable, being real. 
um, in our society. And I just know as someone who is trying to, yeah, achieve fame, like, I want to make sure, though, that I'm always this real, no matter what. I always come back to the real message, which is love, love, love. We have to love each other. We have to be kind. And, you know, for me, smoking cannabis has really helped me with that. It's helped me love myself. It's helped me forgive myself and treat myself like a little kid. You know, that's something my therapist would always say to me, like, well, would you be mad at a little kid for doing what you did? And I'd be like, well, no, I'd forgive them and know it was a mistake. Well, right. So you have to think of yourself like that, too. You mm-hmm. have to forgive yourself, too. So, um Anyways, that's just my whole little thing with all that. And I just, like I said, I just really hope we see more influencers and people who are rising to success being real people, you know? Yeah, absolutely. At the end of the day, the most important relationship that you have is with yourself. And it sounds like you really know that. So that's super important. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a, it's a love and hate relationship for sure. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> I go back and forth. I go back and forth. But I think that that's important too, right? Because if you're not questioning yourself, then you're not really truly Growing. Uh, doing the work. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think that's something that like, I actually had a breakdown a little bit about this exact conversation, like, through YouTube. Amy and I both do YouTube as well. And like when I moved to LA, I was like, I'm going to be a YouTuber and I'm just going to make it happen. And I kind of like, kind of was, but like at what cost? Like I felt so shitty, like every, I don't know, like success was, I never reached success, no matter even if I actually reached the goals that I had set for myself. Like it, it it's an addiction. It feels like, like numbers and comments and um i don't know just being well liked it's such an addiction Mm -hmm. it is but that's because we're human we all want to be liked and so now you give us a platform that's going to measure that it's I mean, you know, and I love it and thank God for it because seriously during quarantine, if I wasn't getting these sponsored posts and companies paying me, I would be fucked. And I look at, I mean, I'm oh, sorry. I don't know if I could say that, you but can. I would be screwed. <laughs> and I look at all my friends around me, you know, some of which who are in their sixties, lawyers, I mean, smart people losing their business. I just, I can't even believe it that my queer little gay ass who's smoking pot is still managing. It's like, I mean, it's a blessing. It is such a blessing, you know? And that's why I just think it's important to always take time with these blessings to be real. Because like I said, I could have easily come on here today and made y'all laugh and been funny and just like cut the shit and promoted everything I needed to, which trust me, I still did that. (laughs) I think, you know, I think, you know, you just got to have cool and real, honest conversations. And, you know, I don't know. I I just, that's just who my parents taught me to be. And I'm thankful for that because it's very rare that you come across someone in LA who is in the industry, who's just willing to just cut the shit. Absolutely. Right. I think now also is a great time for all of us to look in the mirror. Like we've been removed from these structures that we think we enjoy, but hold us down. Um, And that's what I've been doing. Like during quarantine, I had to leave LA um, and move back home with my parents. And obviously that was like annoying, but like also really, I learned so much about myself and like what I really value and what I need and how to treat myself and, you know, who I want to become. Just like really internalizing it and sitting with it and sitting with like also the uncomfort of not knowing a lot of the answers to these questions. And 
I hope to reach them because it seems like you have reached a lot of these questions or these answers and it is inspiring. Well, you know, the more you know, the less you know, they say. And I think that's true too. So trust me, I still have plenty, plenty of questions. Yeah. Um, but I think you're so right. Quarantine forced us to sit with ourselves mm-hmm. and to sit with the, you know, problematic world we live in. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a blessing. I really feel that. I mean, yes, it has been horribly sad for so many people. And I can't even imagine what that's been like. I really can't. I feel horrible. But I just know that mine has been good. And I have to be grateful for that and just use that as hope and help for others, you know, and that's what I'm just trying to do. And um, I don't know, I just think, yeah, I just think quarantine has been really interesting for all of us. It, it's it's forced us to look with a life changing experience for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. We will remember it gave us time that. too. like, I think for me, I'm so focused on my normal day to day life. What's the post going to be? What's the gig, the rent, the this, where this is sort of unclouded a lot Mm. and allowed me to see more. Yeah. And I think it's also for me, at least I'm very much a catastrophizer. And it's like when, when the worst thing you can imagine happens (laughs) and you're still okay, you know, I know that's an incredible privilege and I'm so grateful for that, but to be hit with that truth in my personal situation that like, I have always been concerned that a pandemic is going to happen. I'm a hypochondriac and it happened and I'm still okay. Like, it's, there's something powerful about understanding that as well. <sighs> this is. Yeah. What a great a crazy conversation. World. Yeah. What a crazy world. Yeah. It is a great conversation. Should yeah. we get into some, some advice? advice? Yeah. I would actually love to get some advice from the ganja. It sounds like you have really been putting in the work with yourself. And I really respect that. Yeah. Well, thanks. I don't know that my advice will be good, but let's see. Let's see how it goes. I'm sure it'll be wonderful. (laughs) Ours is always bad. Is our yeah? That's the whole stick of it. Yeah. Don't hurt yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm gonna read the first one. Hey, Jack, Amy, and the Ganja. What do you guys think of age gaps in the gay community? Thin, like two to three years ish, always legal, of course. My straight friend thinks it's so weird, but I feel like it's normal. Uh, especially being a lesbian and trying to find someone around me. LOL. What do you guys think? Love you guys. Two to three years? That's nothing. That's not an age gap relationship. Yeah. (laughs) Do you mean 23 years? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I feel like, you know, once we're past like 28, 28. Mm. Age is nothing but a number for real. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Two to three years. I don't know. I think. I've known people who are 20 years apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, absolutely. You know, as long as it's not like a 16 year old and a 57 year old. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. Age is what you make of it. Age is what you make of it. Absolutely. And actually, I don't like my roommate. I know who's also he's sober and he is like, I'm way younger than I actually am because like I had so many years that I lost. So like age really maturity is not set in age at all no some people unfortunately you know have no mothers at age seven and have to raise their siblings and trust me they're mature do you know what i mean they're going to be very different at 20 and that's why it's like well i can't really say 28 everybody's good because you're right we all mature differently for sure 
Yeah. Um, I hope to never mature fully, though. <laughs> yeah, gotta stay a kid. <laughs> right? I'm sitting here, like, in a little dress. Like, no, I don't want to be too mature. <laughs> this life's not fun. I mean, you could be professional, but you still gotta, like, you know, be crazy. Absolutely. You gotta have a little cuckoo side. Yes! I love a cuckoo side. <laughs> Laganja, you are wise. You're um, so wise. You are awesome. Oh, I'm living like, for this conversation. Truly, this like is a m- unique. My best favorite episode, maybe. Yeah, ever. Really. Aw, thanks. Um, okay, okay. Jack, take it away. Hiya, Jack, Amy, and lovely Laganja. <laughs> I'm in my late 20s and married to my high school sweetheart. We've been together for over 10 years and are still madly in love. The only thing is, he's the only person I've ever been with, which I'm happy about, don't get me wrong. But over the past couple of years, I've began to question my sexuality. I'm not sure if it's just curiosity or if I am bisexual, but I've had a crush on this woman at my work for ages and obviously can't act on it. But I kind of want to, but I don't know how to bring this up to my husband (laughs) i think he knows i'm kind of into girls as he's mentioned it in passing a few times to my horror anyways what do you guys think i should do should i speak to my husband and ask if he's open to me experimenting or should i keep it quiet bearing in mind i am a hundred percent happy in my relationship i'm just curious lord Gosh, I thought I was intense. Yikes. (laughs) (laughs) That's a loaded question. I feel like communication is key. If you can't talk to your husband, then, you know, like you you have to. You have to be able to talk to Tim. But devil's advocate, (laughs) if you're really happy and this is just a curiosity, uh, are you sure you don't want to just kill that curiosity, Gorge? (laughs) I just worry that then you'll if always it's more wonder. than a curiosity, then mm. one day you'll let it slip and then you'll like cheat instead of asking or, you know, like mm. making an agreement. Yeah. Um, no, I agree. Of course. Honesty is always best. You yeah. have to be. But and also if this guy like seems to know, not this guy, if your husband excuse me, <laughs> <laughs> seems to know already, then maybe it, it seems like maybe he wants to talk about it if he's brought it up a few times. So That's maybe true. he's wants you to experience that like you know he sounds like or maybe he wants to experience that with you very true and if that could be fun it could be right could be fun (laughs) everyone loves a little guest feature (laughs) (laughs) absolutely i suppose you're right so maybe i mean maybe that's how you could begin it is like let's have a three-way if you want to and then open it up I no don't know. i wouldn't begin it that way i wasn't suggesting that i was just <laughs> saying that maybe that could be an interest of him i mean seriously what man doesn't want to see his wife and another hot chick get it on i mean i'm pretty sure that's like a thing <laughs> i'm not yeah. sure can't fully say that but i think that's what straight people are into <laughs> so um i feel like again the best thing is just to be honest and it's not like it doesn't sound like she wants to have a threesome per se um so i don't know that i would start with that because i don't know but but I, I think, like you said, just being honest, saying, I have these feelings, you've brought it up. So I'm hoping that this is a safe space where we can, I, I can be honest with you and tell you that, you know, it is something I've thought about. And how do you feel about that? And then leave the floor open to him to say, well, I feel like I would get jealous. And the only way I'd be happy doing it is if I'm there too. 
And maybe if he says that, then the threesome talk could happen, you know, but give him the floor to to say that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. OMG, guys. So I have fully manipulated this girl I've never met to move across the country to go to university in my city. I will be the only person she knows here because of COVID. She won't be having and she won't be having in-person classes. I am so nervous, guys. Where do I take her to hang out first? What do I wear? What if it goes poorly and she resents me for hyping up my city so much? I'm so nervous and she's moving next week. Oh, no. Uh, you're in a pickle. <laughs> Damn. That's You did this did to you yourself. Why yeah, did you do y- that? You played yourself and uh, <gasps> Damn. But who moves without going and like making sure? That I mean both parties are at fault. <laughs> I will say. I will say. Love will make you do crazy things. That's true. I guess so. But what if it's the love of your life? Yeah, you know, maybe like, a vibe. You know, some of the craziest relationship or craziest things have the best relationships. Like I know, um, I watch a lot of reptile YouTube and my favorite (laughs) reptile YouTubers moved in and married after a month of dating and are still together now. And you know what? It could be you. Yeah. Something obviously in you wanted her to come there. So maybe you need to just like change your perspective and be excited instead of nervous. And then I would just say, like, I don't think you have to jazz it up per se. Like, just show her what you really love doing. Be honest. Mm -hmm. I think that's always the best advice. Just be honest and take her to the things that make you happy. And if it's meant to be, then she'll be happy there. And if it's not, then she'll tell you, well, this place is boring and we need to do something (laughs) more fun. Yeah, absolutely. I think also good advice would be tell her. Like, I don't want to be your crutch. No, I don't want to be your crutch here. Like, you should find your you know, community here and find your home here because, you know, don't lean on me. Is that rude? Kind of. just throwing them into the wild. Welcome, I made you move here. Now figure it out, I know, that's terrible. Okay, never mind. No, I didn't think it was, I didn't think it was terrible advice either because then you're saying to the person, like, I want to give you space of your own so you can explore the city on your own and make something of your own, which I think is great. That's a better way to say it. When they first get there, when they first get there, Gorge, let's maybe save that one till day, you know, four or five. You give them like a three month buffer. You're like, you can't see me until you've been here for three months. No, no, (laughs) no. I don't know. I'm I'm still single, so maybe, you know, don't <laughs> listen to me. <laughs> okay, well, Laganja, it has been truly an honor and pleasure to have you here on Dating Straight. Where can our listeners find more of you? You can find me on all platforms except for TikTok at Laganja Astranja. On TikTok, I'm the only Laganja Astranja because some queen had came in there before me. Um, And as I said, I have weekly YouTube shows every Monday and Thursday at 420. And you can also find me live every Monday night at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Twitch for a show called Misters and Marys, which is all about bringing the gay and straight community together using cannabis with my dear friend, Adam Ill. So uh, there's plenty of ways to see me every week (laughs) if you want. So please check me out on all of those socials. Very cool. Thanks for listening. I'm Amy Oddman. I'm Jack Dodge, and this is Dating Straight. See you next Tuesday. Broken hearted lovers.
Hey 